Hey, where you learn that from? Grand Theft Auto 3. Word? Can I borrow that? You got a uh, PlayStation 2? Nah, I got Gamecast. Gamecast? Well, there's GameCube and then there's Dreamcast. What you got? Well, I said I got Gamecast, oh. man. Damn, I can't afford it. Yo, everybody, what up? It's Nerd Dad. Welcome to another episode of the Gamecast Podcast. Yeah, baby. Yeah, I'm flying solo this week. No guest. Uh, had a blast last week doing the episode with Jake. Man, I've listened to it a couple of times already. Yes, I listen to my own podcast. But I uh, that that really lit a fire under me to be like, this is exactly what I want to be doing all of the time. So be rest assured that more episodes coming in the future are going to have guests. More guests, more guests, more guests. Just Not just for you, but for me also. This show is great. I love doing the show, and it's cool by myself to do it, but man, it is so much better when I got other people with me. So, lining up some guests, got them, got some things cooking. Realistically, I just got to get over the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth release window hump. Like, that's it. Like, I'm pumped for it. I can't wait. Really looking forward to it. Going to have a fun time jamming it. It's all gravy, baby. Can't wait to go. Special Final Fantasy VII episode coming next week. Go ahead if you're pumped about that. Uh, not even just Rebirth, but if you just like Final Fantasy VII and you like the music that came from the game, trust me, I know you do. Follow the you know follow this on Spotify or like it wherever you are. Leave me a review. Let me know how pumped you are for it. But that's enough about next week. On to this week's episode of the Gamecast Podcast. We are doing an episode this week about, well, originally it was going to be underrated or underappreciated Sega Genesis jams, right? So I was thinking, like, man, what's some what's some Sega games that I really like that you know people talk about, but I don't feel like I hear a lot of covers or you know remixes or whatever out there in the VGM space. And as I got to getting songs and reading about the creations of the soundtrack and and reading about the composers and doing all that stuff, what I found was that man, there's some really like huge fan bases for these soundtracks that I thought I, you know, not super sleepers, but, you know, I don't know. They're, they're way more popular, I guess, than I would have. I, I probably should have given them credit for. So, you know what? I'm still going to call it the same thing. It's an it's an underrated, you know, Sega Genesis episode. Sega Genesis being, like, one of my favorite consoles ever. Just know that these songs really did get a lot of the love and adoration that they deserve to have. So, uh, on this week's episode, I'm going to have tracks from four Sega games. We're going to have tracks from Vector Man, Echo the Dolphin, Comic Zone, and one of my favorite games of all time, Fantasy Star 4. So we're going to have a handful of tracks on this. Probably more songs this week than we normally do, but these are straight from the cart, you know, music rips, right? And some of the tracks are really short. So I put more, you know, in places where things were really, were really, uh, really short, you know, time you know, song, some songs are like a minute and some change, uh, you know, so I didn't want to do like six, six songs and, and have like, you know, a total of 15 minutes of music. So I, uh, you know, wanted to make sure that we got plenty of it out there. And like I said, these are straight from the game. These are what you will hear when you play the game. I did, I decided not to go with covers, interpolations and the like this week. I wanted to do, you know, straight off the thing. Now in the future, then I think I'm going to do this because I really, I found some cool, cool stuff out there while I was doing this hunt. But uh, in the future, I might come back to the same exact episode and do the covers version of it if I can find enough uh, to fill it. So um, I think what we're going to do is start off with Echo the Dolphin, right? If you never played Echo the Dolphin, it's a game about a dolphin, duh, given the title, uh, who fights aliens. And then in the sequel, time travels. What? It is a trip. The game is an absolute just mind warp of a game. Uh, but it's cool and it's got great ambience and aesthetically it's really cool. So I got two tracks off of there. So I got the uh, opening title, uh, theme from the first game. And then from the second game, it's from the tubes of Medusa, which is after you go into the future and, um, you get sucked up by this alien thing and then you're flying through, uh, the skyways and then you're working your way towards the final boss, which is this, the alien queen, which is this horrific, H.R. Geiger-esque looking alien thing that just is terrifying, man. If you're playing this game as a kid, then the whole time it's like, ah, oh, you know, dolphins and fish and like, oh, these these aliens. And then you get to the queen alien and you're like, oh my God, it's terrifying. Like it would have, it might have gave you nightmares as a little kid. Um, but I feel like these are great songs to open with because they're very like chill. 
Uh, the Tubes of Medusa, like, picks up a little bit, but, the, like, the opening track is very just, like, mellow and, and relaxing, so I really like that. Like I said, I was doing some research for for this game and, you know, looking into stuff. It just kind of to learn a little bit about these games, the composers and the guys, you know, who made the music and stuff like that. It was some pretty cool stuff. This one was composed by a guy named Spencer Nielsen. Spencer, you know, he's worked on a bunch of other titles as well. Looking here, this is a Wikipedia article about him. Uh, Shotgun the Forever Man, which is another Sega Genesis game that I own. Echo the Dolphin, Sonic CD. Uh, he worked on the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin on Sega CD. The Adventures of Batman and Robin on the Sega CD. And then uh, Mr. Bones for the Saturn. And then he was a supervisor on Super Smash Bros. Brawl. So he's been all over the place. Uh, with with these sounds and with this stuff, uh, seemingly focused a lot in the you know with the Sega team, which is pretty cool. And it's got some original stuff as well, so that's pretty cool. Let's get these Echo tracks rolling and rocking. Like I said, so enjoy these. These are really chill. I really enjoy what they do. And then uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about some of the other games we got going on. So hey, thanks for checking this out. Hope you enjoy this week's tunes. I'll catch you guys on the flip.
I gotta say, man, that Tubes of Medusa track, like, really gives me, like, the Sega racing game vibe, which I love. Obviously, if you listen to two weeks back, you know, I did racing games, and I love the Sega sound font for racing games, man. It's so good. Uh, but yeah, so that was Echo the Dolphin. Like I said, title theme and Tubes of Medusa in that second track there. Those, those two tracks, man. Those are rippers. And here's the thing. It was really hard for me to pick, like, two tracks to play and I wanted to make sure I repped both games because I feel like both games do really well as a package versus a standalone. Um, so, you know, I wanted to, wanted to get both of those. It was really hard to pick one or the other. Cause like the Skyway song, I wanted to play this song that plays when you fight the mother alien is or the queen alien. I'm sorry, is really good too. And it was really tough to like limit it down to, to, to that. So definitely do yourself a favor, go check it out. You can you can find all sorts of uh, compilations and collections of those out there, you know, for purchase as well, physical media. So that's pretty cool. So next on our list of tracks that I want to play, I want to tap into, um, you know, another game that I feel maybe isn't getting, uh, you know, quite the love, uh, but is responsible for, I think, a lot of people my age. You know the the late '30s, early '40s gamers of the '90s who played Vector Man One and Two, and were like, "I really, really like this soundtrack. This is cool." And that led them down, you know, the the techno later EDM, you know, rabbit hole of music, and, and established, you know, their taste and in, in, in sound when they were, you know, growing up and getting older. In fact, I actually found a YouTube video. I'll link the YouTube video in the description of this. But I found a YouTube video talking to John Holland, who is the composer for Vector Man. And he talks about how, you know, he had never done game music before and he got tapped by Blue Sky to do it. And then after they got it done, Sega contacted him directly and they were like, hey, we really like these songs that you composed for the Vector Man game. How would you feel about, you know, taking them and creating full length versions of the tracks and putting them out, you know, on, on a CD, you know, using, you know, using a full, you know, using your full kit, whatever you want to do and not being limited to, you know, the, the Yamaha sound chip and the Sega Genesis. And he was like, okay. And he, it took like three weeks. He pounded it out, came out pretty cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I'll link it, I'll link it there, but he, but he mentions in there how like people, you know, he still gets messages on a regular basis from people go, man, you are the reason why I got into, you know, EDM and dance music. Cause that's what he was doing before he did the Vector Man game. So, um, it's pr pretty cool, man. If you didn't play Vector Man, Vector Man was a game for the Sega. It was like one of the first, or it was one of the games when I, I remember when it came out, cause I remember seeing the ads for it and everything. And it was being touted as like really pushing the Sega's like. 3D, pseudo 3D kind of deal with the way Vector Man's body is made up of a bunch of pseudo connected orbs, right? That they, they don't really, they're not really touching, but he, you know, can reform his body into like a tank or a rocket ship or a fish or whatever, depending on what you're doing in the level. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, really cool stuff, but the, the, you know, graphically, this game is really pushing it, um, you know, for the day. It didn't just rely on, you know, 2D or a flat 2D anyway, 16-bit, uh, you know, graphics to do its thing. It really wanted to, to push the Sega, you know, for what it had going on. And it was in 95, so it was the tail end of the Sega's, you know, life stream, life stream, <laughs> Final Fantasy Seven brain, uh, you know, lifespan, because by this point, the Saturn and the, Final, the PlayStation had released, um, in Japan at least, so it was competing with disc-based, yeah, consoles they were able to use higher resolution and and pre-rendered and stored things on a data drive versus everything you know fitting into a 16-bit memory cart um so that's pretty cool yeah so the two tracks i want to play are the vector man one day seven and day 14 tracks so they're, they're, it's the same track used once and it used again later and then for vector man two uh it's called planet fall dig like these are pretty cool bops pretty pretty great jams again i'm going to link the the interview video uh from youtube in there it's really good it's only it's not very long so it's not a super long watch definitely worth checking out it's, it's a half hour long 
Um, and I think the part where he talks about the Vector Man stuff is like the first 15 minutes of the thing. So you can watch the first half of it to get the Vector Man stuff out of it. But it's pretty cool, man. It, it's really neat to hear him talk about it and kind of explain like, man, you know, this is this is all so foreign to me. But he's, you know, he's really excited at kind of the impact that it ended up having, you know, with um, with gaming, you know, or, you know, with the fan base and just how it resonated with people, not not just from a like, oh, I really like this video game soundtrack perspective and just how it helped, you know, shape kids, uh, you know, for the rest of their lives and stuff. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's a really neat thing, I think, to be able to say that you did where you released something that that shaped positively. Um, anyway, you know, the, 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 the future directions that people would go when it came to the music they like, or their interest in creating, you know, sounds of their own. So check out these two Vector Man tracks by John Holland. I'll leave them right here. And then when we come back from the flip, uh, we got a few more games to go. We're going to talk about, uh, comics zone when we come back and I'll dig deeper into that, but this is a pretty cool, um, soundtrack as well. Um, and then we'll close out with my favorite game because I'll just ramble on about it for a bit because I love it so much. Fantasy Star 4. So check these out. I'll catch you on the flip. Thank you. 
So another thing that he had said about those tracks, which reminded me after I was listening to the first one, was syncopation was like his main thing he thought about while doing the album. Because like, all right, I'm limited to so many voices that I can make. So it's going to be about how can I double these things on top of each other. And when you listen to that first track, if you're listening to it on headphones, it might be a little disorienting. Sorry, the warning is after the song, but like it hits that left and right note. Don't hit it at the same time. I love it, though. I think it's really dope. I think it makes for a great sound. I think the uh, the noise created for that game is really, really cool. Uh, and when you play in the game, you know, you might not notice some of the stuff quite as, quite as, as you know, vibrantly as you would otherwise. But it's like, man, the, the tone that the music for that game set really, really, really matched, you know, that level of you know, what the game was about and the aesthetic of the game and the, the futuristic you know, uh, post-apocalyptic almost kind of kind of vibe setting. Like, it felt really, really good. So, uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed those. Next up, like I mentioned before, so we're going to talk about Comics Zone. Uh, you're unfamiliar with Comic Zone. Comic Zone was a game for the Sega Genesis that featured uh, a pretty neat gimmick with the way the levels were laid out. So the story is, comic book artist, uh, Sketch, he is working on his comic one night and a storm hits and somehow the villain in his comic book and him switch places. So he gets zapped into his comic. His comic book villain character gets brought to real life and then controls the pen and is basically changing and animating and drawing in enemies for you to fight along your way. And it uses a pretty cool, you know, pseudo martial arts combat system kind of thing going on where, you know, your guy does some, some cool kicks and punches and stuff. And, you know, you find some weapons and items that you can use. And, like, one of the things you do early on in the game is you you destroy the barrier between panels. It was like, a you know, an American-style comic book. And you destroy the barrier between the panels and then climb over to the next scene over. And you can, like, see, you know, and there's a voice talking to you. And the, you know, bad guy's talking to you. And it's in yellow, you know, text box and stuff. It's pretty cool, man. It's a really, the the presentation of the game is really really cool the game is mad tough too like it was one as a kid that really like vexed me for a while because i was like this game is hard man and uh i definitely loved you know the first couple of levels music because i heard it all the damn time so uh yeah that game is a punisher man but it's fun uh, the guy that produced it or composed it i'm sorry is a guy named howard Drazen. and looking at his record you know what he's worked on in other places you can really get a vibe of where he got his, 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 you know, where he was pulling from, right? So the game, like I said, the game came out in 1995, I believe. And at the same time, you know, just before, in 93, he had worked on Menace to Society. In 94, Monkey Trouble and Jimmy Hollywood. And then in later on in 97, he worked with the Backstreet Boys. Right, but then other games, Sonic Spinball in '93, Sonic 3, and Sonic and Knuckles. Then he did Comic Zone. Then he later went on to do Die Hard Arcade. Then he linked up with RZA from the Wu Tang Clan, and he worked on uh, the Man with the Iron Fist soundtrack. He's also done stuff for Afro Samurai, Splatterhouse, uh, the first two Baldur's Gate games, and then he's worked with a bunch of artists, including Herbie Hancock, Rod Stewart. Beyonce, Wiz Khalifa, Paul Oakenfield. Like this dude's got some his credentials are, are super legit, right? So you can you can you can hear you can see his talent, you can see his credentials, and then you can listen to this soundtrack and you can go, dude, this thing screams nineteen ninety five to me. It's a very grungy rock. I can listening to this and you know, being as as deep in the VGM scene as I am and as much stuff as I've heard. Like I can listen to this and in my head I can already picture a band, like a live band just covering the songs. I can tell exactly what he was going for with the noises. And if you were a fan of, you know, early to mid nineties 
you know, grunge alternative and hard rock stuff, you'll definitely like the way these tracks are written and laid out. They have that, you know, Soundgarden, STP, you know, uh, filter kind of vibes go into them. And I really, really like that. So, you know, we can we can check out a couple of these tracks. This dude, you know, like I said, his credentials speak for themselves. So really, really like that. Also, fun fact, and I'll link this as well. You can get it in a couple of places, but I'm going to link a store that belongs to some cool people that I know. I get a double LP of this cool splatter vinyl uh, with A, B, and C side containing the game sound. And then the D side has the Sega Tunes arrangements i think and if uh and i haven't i've kind of alluded alluded to it back and forth on some of the other games i'm talking about but i haven't really talked about it yet so there is a thing sega did back in the day called sega tunes where they would hit i talked about it with the last guy with john holland doing the vector band stuff they'll they'll come to you to say hey would you like to record these you know with instrumentation or you know with something bigger than the the sega sound chip and you know make full-length versions of the tracks, and then they put them out on CD. They did that for quite a few games. Uh, I'm looking currently to get my hands on the whole collection, so we'll see if I can do that. That'll be pretty sweet. Um, so, yeah, so let's check out a couple of tracks here. Like I said, we're going to listen to two songs from this game. One is from the second part of Stage 1, and one is from the second part of Stage 2. Uh, the the second uh, Stage or level one part two is called seen it for days man and like it's a jam dude like i said these if you if you had a band and you recorded these with you know guitars drums bass uh, i could see these songs getting played on the radio for real so check these out let me know what you think i'll catch you on the flip we got one more music section to go after this and then uh, that'll be that for that this week's episode man hope you guys are enjoying it Again, you know, like it, follow it on Spotify, comment, let me know. Find me on the internet. I'm TPC everywhere. And tell me what you think. See you guys on the flip.
so that that second track, dude, has just such a driving like guitar, obvious driving guitar, and it just feels really cool to listen to. Like I said, man, I could definitely see listening to bands play those songs. So, yeah. All right, so check out the link in the description for where to find the double LP for that. And do yourselves a favor and jam that because it's pretty cool. So last part of the show. Now, I think uh, I think some of these tracks ended up being the right kind of length, and we ended up getting the show right to the normal length that I like to, which is kind of nice. So I'm super pumped. We got three tracks left to play. These are all going to be from Fantasy Star 4, End of the Millennium. One is going to be the title track, the intro song you hear you know, before you load your game up. One is going to be the battle music, and then the other is going to be this, uh, like the mechanical dungeon. Uh, it's called Machine Center. Basically, it's a song that plays whenever you go into any of the more technologically advanced areas in the game. If you have not played Fantasy Star 4, man, I'm sad for you because it's one of the best RPGs ever made. And I'll stand by that forever and ever. Amen. Um, it was released on the Sega Genesis. It is the last game in a four-part quadrally. What's the, what's the word? Not trilogy. What do you call the... What, what do you... A tetragy? I, you know, I'm not really sure what the word is. I just sound like a fool here. I'm trying to think up words. Making up words. But... It's the last game in four-part. Fantasy Star 1 and then Fantasy Star 2, which is often lauded as being one of the best ones. Fantasy Star 3, Generations of Doom, which is hated by a lot of people, which I don't really understand. Uh, Fantasy Star 3, Generations of Doom has a really cool gimmick where your characters, you, your party members meet, and then you can choose to to form a relationship with one. You have kids, and then you play the next phase of the game as the kids and their party members they meet, and it depends, you know, which characters you get depends on who does what. And then you do that a third time. Well, do that a second time for a third generation of people, obviously by the name Generations of Doom. It's pretty cool. So you have a couple of different ways you can experience the game each time you play through it if you make different choices. It's a pretty neat game. Um, Gameplay-wise, it's largely the same, so yeah, I'm not really sure what the what the hate on it is. I think it's one of the things where... The core team that was that wrote a lot of the Fantasy Star games didn't. It wasn't the same group of people working on that in, a particular entry. So just by default, like we don't like this game because it's not the same people. And it's like, well, you got to give other people. It's the Dark Souls two. Well, that's not true. I should say Dark Souls two is the Fantasy Star three of that series, but it's the same gimmick, right? Miyazaki didn't work as hands on with the Dark Souls two stuff as he did one and three. Because he's busy working on Bloodborne, I believe. So a lot of people are like, Dark Souls 2 sucks. It doesn't feel like the rest of the games. It's not the same because Miyazaki didn't write it. And it's like, man, it's very much the same. And it also just represents a different angle. Anyway, that's you know that's another show for another day. Play Dark Souls 2. It's really good. We're going to talk Fantasy Star 4. So in this game, this is, like I said, the end of the millennium. Uh, you, you start the game as Hunter Chaz Ashley and his... Uh, trainer, teacher, Alice Brengwin, and you guys are hunters, and you are taking jobs from the Hunters Guild. Now, you know, slaying monsters, collecting money, you go out on your first mission, and things are kind of weird, uh, but you do the job anyway, and you kind of get, not really, like, you know, conned into doing the next part, but, you know, Alice is like, yeah, I'll do it for so much money, and you take this guy Han, this researcher Han, with you uh, to find this professor, and uh, shenanigans ensue from there. I'm not going to go in and spoil too much of the story because it's really, really good. You should really play it. It has a great, great delivery method with the plot. It does these, like, these these manga panel cutscenes. You know, it's a Sega game. It's a Genesis game. So you're not getting these full motion graphics, but you get, you know, the, they'll they'll highlight and draw these like full scale characters. Or zoom in on somebody's face, or do these like great scenes with characters like standing together, and you know slide them in on top of each other, and they got die, you know the text box at the bottom, and the music though with it is crazy good. Um, it's it's a, it's such a great experience that I'm surprised that I haven't played another game that does it like that. The soundtrack for this game was composed by you know the team at Sega, but in particular, Izuho Ippo Numata worked on it. And I got a couple, I'll link a couple of articles interviewing her um, 
they're pretty good. One one is a one is an article kind of about the soundtrack, and then one is the Kotaku article where they talk to her, and she discusses you know how she came into doing game music and learning what she learned. But there was a really cool excerpt from it where she talks about how you know how her methodology to composing for this game went right. And I'll read some of this, and I'll I'll read some directly, and I will you know, uh, surmise some of the other parts because it's, it's kind of long. But like she says, quote, I looked at the storyboards over and over again, imagined the scenes and composed. Unlike battle sequences and walking on the overworld, the script is important in the drama sequences, so I composed trying not to make my scores too dramatic. Only with the ending sequence did I wait for the graphics to be completed before I composed. This is because I had to adjust the timing of the graphics and the score to be in unison with each other. Then she goes on to, you know, talk about it some more there. It's not the end of the quote. It keeps going. But having played this game a ton of times, I love this game. I have it on every place I can get it. And I just, it's one of the few RPGs that I'm happy to play time and again um, for many reasons. But one, like if you've played the other games, this one is full of callbacks. This, and because this is the ultimate culmination of the Algo Star System story. And all four of the games take place in the same... They're in a shared universe, albeit different times in that universe. So all the things that have happened up to this point are, are, you know, matter. And a lot of things are mentioned from here on, you know, throughout the game. It's pretty cool. Um, So definitely check these two articles out. Really good. Definitely worth the the read pretty quick. But the the, the soundtrack is, is, is great. Uses... Uh, my, my favorite thing about the Sega sound system is the low end, the bass. And a lot of Sega soundtracks have either like a heavy bass drive or a funky sound to them because of the just the, the high quality level of that bass noise. And, you know, it's something that, that I personally don't feel that we got with like the super nintendo now is that saying super nintendo soundtracks suck no chrono trigger is one of the greatest soundtracks ever like straight up it, wings of time i said this on another show wings of time the chrono trigger theme song is probably the greatest theme track ever period to this day so definitely not to to dismiss that but when when artists chiptune artists choose to make chiptune music whether it's you know if they use the game boy lsdj sound that's cool it's classic square stuff right or if you're gonna get you know sometimes you get the famit tracker with the nes which is pretty cool but man when those guys get the ymdj or the the chaos tracker you know that using that yamaha uh sound trip to make music dude it's so so good like it's just so mm. there's a i have to I have to play it on another show, but there's a there's a chiptune track by uh, hey, you know I'm gonna have to look it up. I remember the name of it's called FM Turbo. It's really good, but it's just it's like a, I mean it's almost like a funky like disco song. It's so good. Anyway, love the Sega sound system. I, I love the way that it like she talks about it more in this article, right? But she composed the the songs to help tell the story. And not to compete with the story, you know, not to compete with the storyboard, not to distract you from the images and text that you're reading, but to accompany those in such a way that the experience of some of the more major plot points in this game, which I won't spoil here, but like, man, when they hit, they feel so much heavier because of the music that accompanies it. When you meet, you know, one of the bad guys, one of the main bad guys in the game, Zio, when you meet him for the first time, it plays this dark, brooding, you know, melody behind him where you're like, damn, this guy is super evil, right? Like, and you just tell, like, this guy is going to be, there is no redeeming value for this enemy at all. And he's just going to be a nasty human being. And and it's going to be so gratifying to kill him later. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's going to be so gratifying to win that boss fight. And, uh, you know, this, this game does it in such a way that I feel even today, some games don't quite hit that, you know, hit that stride, you know, so check these out. And then, uh, you know, check these out. I got three tracks. I'm going to play these. We'll come back and I'll do some, uh, we'll do some admin and you know what we might even have a bonus song to play 
what? I thought about playing this originally, and I was like, eh, you know what? I don't think this is quite so underrated, but it is just one of my favorite songs on the Sega, so maybe we'll have a bonus. Anyway, check out these Fantasy Star 4 tracks, let me know what you think, and I will catch you guys on the flip.
If you've made it this far into this episode of the GameCast Podcast, please consider following it and rating it on Spotify. Alright, let's wrap this up. So, that was Fantasy Star 4, In in the Millennium, title track. And then it was the battle theme, Meet Head On, and it was Machine Center, which is uh, probably one of my favorite dungeon songs. The whole thing is a ripper. Really great uh, soundtrack. Some, there are a couple of songs that are fun for about five minutes, and then you're like, I can't take this anymore. There's When you go to Tomoe and you meet Grizz for the first time, the song that plays there while you're in town is uh, mind-numbing after a bit, for sure. But it's a pretty cool little jam. It's just one that is better in short doses. And unfortunately, you're exposed to it for quite a bit of time. Uh, like I said, we're, we're going to sneak in one more track here at the end. I'll let it play us out. So let me let me handle a little bit of administrative stuff. This is Season 2, Episode 4 of the GameCast Podcast, or Episode 11 overall. We are working on getting some shows up in other places. But for the meantime, thank you for listening here, most likely on Spotify. Like I said, please consider giving a rating, and please give it an honest rating. If you want to give me five stars, great. If you think it's five-star worthy, please slap a five-star. If you think it's only two-star worthy, slap a two-star on it. Uh, And like I said, find me on social media. Let me know what you like. Let me know what you didn't like. Constructive criticism is always welcome because it helps me make the show better. Um, Next week's episode is going to be all Final Fantasy VII themed to celebrate the release of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth on the 29th. So I really can't wait for that. That episode might be really long, too. (laughs) So, yeah. Look forward to that. That's gonna be that could be a double banger, like a two hour long jammy. I mean, I could talk forever about it. I got the thing is, I got a boatload of music that I want to play, and I'm gonna have a really hard time reducing down the track count to really fit into this like 45 minutes to an hour motif that I got going on. So either way, um, yeah, please consider following me on TikTok, on Instagram, subscribe to my YouTube, follow me on Twitch. All things Nerd Dad TPC, N E R D A D TPC. And, you know, let me know what you think. Join us for the streams. I stream Sunday, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, sometimes on the weekends. Uh, we're currently doing a playthrough of Final Fantasy VII Remake plus the DLC after we completed our Final Fantasy VII OG run last week. And then the plan is to roll smack dab into Rebirth next week. Um, I am probably going to be checking out, if you're listening to this, the day that it releases, that is Wednesday, February the 21st, uh, stream's going to start out checking out the new DLC update uh, outside of Junon. So we're going to check that out at the opening of stream, and then we'll move into Rebirth. Other things going on, a couple episodes of the Unnamed Sidecast coming out this week as well, and so you can check those out also on Spotify. Um, If you're listening to this and you're already here, it might, it might feed it to you as a related show. I'm not really sure. If not, you can just search The Protoculture Presents and you'll see uh, another show uh, with a similar title. <clears throat> um, other than that, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for hanging out. I appreciate uh, everybody checking this out and hearing this. You know, If this is your first time hearing the show, please go check out the older episodes. Let me know what you think. Uh, if you are a returning listener, just know how much I appreciate you. Uh, this is probably my favorite project that I'm working on right now. So I really am hoping to figure out a way to make this thing just take off. So, but the plan for right now is I'm just going to keep chunking out episodes and hopefully I'll find a way to market them better (laughs) as time goes on. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm going to play one more track. Like I said, we're going to play a song from Sonic one, right? So I originally wanted to play the song because I felt like it was an underrated Sonic jam, but there's really no like underappreciated Sonic the Hedgehog songs from the Sega Genesis era anyway. But we're going to play this one. This is um, the from first game. Like I said, this is Spring Yard Zone. Really love the song. I could have played Scrap Brain or Starlight. Like There's a bunch of songs in Sonic 1 that I think are really good um, that we could have enjoyed. But this one, is, this one is, a, is a nice groove. I really like this one a lot. Uh, and it maybe could be because I played this level a ton as a kid too. Like Sonic One was a tough game for me to beat, especially because I think I played Sonic One and Two at the same time. And playing Sonic Two gave you the spin dash, which you didn't have in Sonic One. And trying to go back and play Sonic One without the spin dash is like if you played it first, it was it wasn't even a thing. But now that you know what you don't have, it's tough. <laughs> so, uh, but I love Sonic One all the same. 
Don't forget, if you are following me on Twitch, we met the Sonic goal. So we will be doing a classic Sonic night soon, probably after the Rebirth launch. But we're going to be doing a Sonic classic night pretty soon. Look forward to that. Other than that, everybody, thank you for checking this out. I appreciate you all. Uh, Don't forget to drink some water, eat some food, get some rest. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Take care of yourself. It's important. And, uh, yeah, I look forward to chatting with you all in the future. Hopefully, I will see you on Twitch. If you listen to this and you're watching my Twitch stream later, yeah, say something. You know what? Say aardvark in chat, and I'll know exactly what you're talking about. Say aardvark in chat, and I'll know you listen to the end, all the way through the end of the show. Everybody, this is Nerdette. I'm signing out. I'll see you guys later. Peace.